0: This is my Bible, God's holy Word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. So I stand up here today emotional yet humbled by the presence of Almighty God. And to realize What I believe that many of us have taken for granted, to be in a collective place, in a corporate place of worship, has been missed so badly by so many people. And yet I'm blessed that today we get to come together as a church body, as families, as believers, across our nation and around the world to be able to hear the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I stand up here humbled and emotional this morning just thinking about the great blessings of Almighty God. And to thank how privileged that I am to stand before all of you to deliver God's Word. What a blessing and a privilege that many of us have. And for the pastors that do not have the technology or the people in their church, may God bring somebody to you so that you can deliver your word to your flock, to your sheep, to your people in these trying times. And as I was standing up here thinking about our message that we started off last week, breaking free from the strongholds of your past, I couldn't help but to thank God for the generational blessings that I have in my life. And to be blessed to be able to stand before you and to say how blessed I am that many of you showed up today to church. That yes, we are practicing social distancing and we are doing the best we can to to keep people safe in these trying times. In the days of tribulation and during these trials, it's very difficult. But we are here today in this sanctuary and across America, coming together as one church, as believers in Jesus Christ, to be able to be fed and taught. You know, it's, it's interesting to me to think that we have opened up grocery stores to be fed physically, but we've closed the church doors to be fed spiritually. And there are so many people that do not have Facebook. They're not privy to being on a TV or an iPhone or an Android or whatever your technology is to be able to experience the joys of hearing God's Word that was delivered from God's man. And so today I'm burdened because we listen. And yes, the Bible says to obey those, to honor those who are in authority over us. But how sad it is that our country has been faced with depression and discouragement. People don't have food and they don't have the income and the finances to be able to provide for their families. And it is real. And the only thing they can rely on is Jesus Christ. And if you tuned in today, if if you were scrolling down through Facebook and God brought you right here, right now, I want you to know that God brought you here for a purpose and for a reason because He has something special for you. I'm just the deliverer. That's all I am. I just deliver God's Word, what He's laid on my heart to be able to advance His kingdom and His people. And so when I think about this, and I know this is kind of emotional, but you know when you open up with songs to talk about our past and where we were at and we just can't Resigned to humility. We live a life of pride because we've lived in the curse instead of the blessing. We have uh, nurtured our position of the old life where we're in sin and iniquity because we haven't taken a place in the new life to understand our condition can be better than where it's at, where it was at at one time. And if you are here today and you've been suffering with addiction if you've been suffering in any way, health or whatever, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the healer. That He is the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper and He's light in the darkness. And my God will deliver you. I promise you. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, you don't have to turn there because we'll be going to Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 through 18. But in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, it says this God visits the iniquities or the sins of the Father upon the third and fourth generations. Oh, God, have mercy on us. Help us. We have nurtured, we have milked the sins of our forefathers to the place we have tripped up in our present life. Let go of it, church. Quit saying you're the church and acting like the world. Quit say you're walking in Christ and acting like the devil. Come out from among the world. Come out from among them and be separate. Be free. Be victorious in Christ. Most of us don't give much thought to the plethora of decisions we make as we go through each day. Yet the decisions we make today will affect our children, our grandchildren, for generations and generations to come. Too often we think only about the here and now. Well, Pastor, you have to understand it's my life. I know I've had some bad habits. I know I'm kind of a hot-tempered, angry individual. I know I don't treat everybody right, but that's okay. You see, I can handle it. I'm in control of those emotions. And the problem with that kind of thinking is, is it's not just hurting you, it's making life more difficult on those who come after you. The things that we don't overcome and the issues that we leave on the table, so to speak, will be passed down to the next generations. And that next generation is going to have to find a way to deal with it. None of us None of us lives to die to ourselves. A person's good habits, as well as their poor choices, the addictions, the bad attitudes, and wrong mindsets, all are passed down from generation to generation. So, what does God say in 2 Corinthians chapter 6? Today I'll be referencing. The King James Version as well as the New Living Translation, you can follow on the on your monitor, your screen, your iPhone, or in the Word. But it says in Second Corinthians chapter six, verses seventeen and eighteen, in the King James Version it says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, in verse 18, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord, God Almighty. But the good news is, every right decision we make, every time we resist temptation, every time we honor God, when we do the right thing, not only are we going to come up higher ourselves, but we're making it a little easier on the generations that will come after us. And in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says this. I love this verse. I could probably just park it right here and preach on this for the whole rest of my 35, 45 minutes, depending on where I'm at and how the Lord leads. But I love James chapter 4, verses 7 8. It says, listen, submit yourselves under And therefore, the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil. Resist the enemy. And he will do what? He will will flee from you. Now watch this. Draw nigh to God. So as we draw nigh to God, it says He will draw nigh to you. And then here's where it's at. Here's the conclusion. Here's the finality of this verse. And he says... Cleanse your hands, wash your hands, sanitize your hands. Okay, I'm going out there, but I just figured I would do that for you today. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In the spiritual realm, even if you're a child to an adult... We have to cleanse ourselves and realize that if we draw... Do you know what draw means? It's not drawing a picture. It's like going to a well and drawing water out of that well and taking a drink. So as you draw from the well, as you draw from God, He'll start to feed you. But it says, first of all, the first step was this. He didn't say draw nigh to me. He said, I need you to draw nigh to... God, and then He will draw nigh to you. Think of it like this. Each of us has a spiritual bank account. By the way we live, we're either strong or storing up equity or storing up iniquity. And equity would be anything good. What does that mean? It means our integrity, our determination, our godliness. That's storing up Blessings. On the other hand, iniquity and or sin includes what? It includes our bad habits, our addictions, our selfishness, self-centeredness, lack of discipline. All of these things, either good or bad, will be passed down to future generations. Today, I want you to say this with me. I am a child of the Most High God. And today, I claim a spiritual bloodline. Goodbye to the old. Hello to the new. There you go. We have to claim it. We have to understand our position in order to change our condition. 1 Peter 5.9 says... Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions, whoo, the same afflictions are accomplished or experienced in your brethren. Hold on a minute, preacher. Did you just, if you look at the screen right down here, for those that are watching, here's what it says: resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished or experienced. In your children, in your family, in your grandchildren, and in your great-grandchildren that are in this world. But then in verse 10 it says, But the grace of all grace, but the favor of the one who gives all the favor, who has called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that you have suffered a while, He will make you perfect establish, strengthen, and settle you. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. After we have suffered a while, He'll establish you. What He is saying here is, Goodbye, old. Hello, new. We have to start walking in the newness of Christ to experience the blessings of Christ. We cannot continue on resigning and living in sin. We have to take a step forward to walk in the favor of Almighty God, and I'm here to tell you today that God will bless you. He will bless you. We sing songs like um, "How Good is Our God?" "How great is our God?" God is good," but we sing it because we don't know it. We sing "God is Good," and this is how some people sing it. Um... Good. No, we need to be powerful in that in that hymn God is so good. Yeah. That's my spiritual part, right? Yeah. So we have got to we've got to come to the place where we're letting the world know God is not dead, He is resurrected, He is alive, and today I accept those generational blessings that He asked for me. Oh, if you understood how my past was, you'd understand why I do the things I do. Well, I do understand how your past is. If you understood my past, you would understand some of the things I do too. But that doesn't give you a free ticket of get out of your excuse house. Seeing God is good. Let people feel and experience the holiness. First Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. God was saying there that listen, walk in holiness. No longer do you have to walk in the curse, walk in the blessings. <laughs> we are all so caught up, and the woe is me. I'm living under this. I'm not. See, here, here's the problem. And I want everybody to listen to it real close. You won't give up your curses in your past because you're happy in that position. No, see. Watch this. When you give up your past, when you give up, ready? The iniquities, the sin of your past, the strongholds of our past, the addictions that have I mean, just drained and ruined the old man. We have to let go of that. And let God. So remember, when you get to the end of yourself, you get over here to the beginning of almighty, all-powerful Emmanuel. God. With us, so we can we can mope over here in our past, or we can sing zippity doo in our future. I'll tell you, these old we're back in business. This preacher's getting excited up here. I, I I've lived it. I know there is nothing I have. Nothing. This church, my home, my family. I could have messed things up so bad in my past, but God has been so gracious and so kind and so loving that He showed His grace so sufficiently. His provisions have been amazing because I made a choice. And the choice to do right is to help my family to live Under the generational blessing. Woo! I like to look at my life as a few laps in the marathon that our family line is running. When my life is done, I'm going to hand the baton to my children. And my children's children. Contained in that baton will be my physical DNA, my traits... My awesome 50-year-old gray hair, oh, hair color, size, and weight. We pass those things down. It will also hold my spiritual and emotional DNA. It will include my tendencies, my attitudes, my habits, oh, help me, Jesus, and my mindsets. My children will take the baton, run a few laps, and they'll then hand it to their children, and on and on and on. Every lap that we, that we run with purpose, passion, and integrity is one more lap that can be used for good by those that came after us. In a sense, the laps we run will, will put a future generations further down the road towards significance and success. We need to think about the big picture because I want to leave my family line better off than they were before. I don't want self-centeredness. I don't want selfishness, addictions, or bad habits to diminish my life. I want everything about my life now to make it easier on those who will come after me. And even if you don't have children, you're going to live on through the people that you influence. Your habits your attitudes and what you stand for will all be passed down to somebody. Yesterday, we, were, we sat on the porch. Man, what a beautiful day in northeastern Ohio today and yesterday. And I'm recalled as I stand up here today that it is warm outside because I am warm up here. And uh, so you're reminded, you know, just how good God truly is. And so we sat on the porch, my wife and I, and our soon-to-be son-in-law, Ryan, and we talked about things of our past versus our present and going into our future. And Ryan was sharing some stories of his past, things that, that he was not proud of, things that he did that he you know, probably keeps uh, probably go back in those compartments because that's the old man and now he's walking in the newness of Christ. Amen? And, uh, but we realized, and as we were talking, that the changes that he's making and the changes that you have made are making a difference for your daughter and for your children's and generations to come after you. Isn't it amazing? So here's, here's what we got to practice. Here's another song for you Stop in the name of love before you break my heart. Oh, and CJ says, think it over. Yeah, there you go. We have to think it over. Stop the madness. Stop the chaos. Woo! Walk in the blessing. Really, that's that's what it's about. It's about letting go of the old and walking in the new. I mean, I'm thankful. I have a beautiful wife met at 15 years of age. 15. I mean, at that time, I was just trying to grow that mustache right here. We were just kids in the youth department. And here we are, 26 years later, with four beautiful, awesome young ladies that I call my daughters. And soon to be three and four amazing son-in-laws. So as they continue to grow and mature, I didn't... Victoria says, way to save yourself. And, uh, but because of that, I want my children to be blessed, and I want their grandchildren to be blessed, so on and so forth. So, we, you know, in our life we can go back to, uh, and I'll tell you this, when you walk in the oldness or the old man versus the new person, You look back at your life and you look at the standards that you used to have and the way that you used to live and and the things you used to practice as you were doing the things you did. And I remember Becky and I, as we were dating and I put forth all these standards, man, I was a rough guy. I was like, you know, my preacher friends always ask me, why do you have this big, huge Bible? Well, I got this way back in Bible college and uh, it was... A gift from Liberty University. And uh, so I have kept this, literally this Bible. Look, it's falling apart and I love it. And I carry it everywhere even though I have my new Bible up here. The binder's even falling apart. But see, there's a lot of significance to this Bible. Not only is it hiding God's Word in my heart that I might not sin against Him, but it, it practiced PDA. It kept me and Becky Bible distance apart. I knew where my weaknesses were at. I knew the kind of person I was. The old guy. But you go, but Preacher, you're only 15 years old. Oh, but I knew what I could be. And so we had to keep this awesome Bible between us. And so as we dated, I mean, i married at the ripe old age of 22. (laughs) And we started our awesome life together. And uh, as we embark upon... Amazing. 35 years we've been together. And 28... Is this 28? 28 years of marriage. So, I'm telling you, it was great to finally lay to rest the big Bible. Okay. Keep it on target here. So, when it comes to physical and spiritual things, hey... You guys know me. I just have to be real here, right? But living in the blessings, I'd rather have the blessings than the curse. And I love what God has done. And so in our life and in my own life, I made a decision. Born again at 9, baptized at 13, uh, surrendered to preach in Indiana at the age of 15, and uh, starting the whole circuit of being a youth pastor. Well, I started off being a minister of music to a youth pastor, to assistant pastor, and then to uh, a lead pastor in God blessed us and, and, you know, laid upon my heart to start this church. But, you know, I want my kids not to see what Dad did or what Mom did as we've been on this journey together. I want my children to understand the blessings of us making the right choices and the right decisions so that we could see the hand of God and the blessings of God. So, when it says there, draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you, you've got to, you've got to, Come out from among them. be separate, live a life of spirituality. I like what if you would please turn in your Bible to First Peter. First Peter chapter 1 verses 13 through 25, and, and I want to read this with you. And here's what it says, It's the call to holy living. And I think you should highlight this, maybe circle it, uh, put it in your iPad and, or your iPhone or whatever you have, your laptop. but I love First Peter, Uh, Peter greets everybody and then he talks about the hope of eternal life. And then he goes into verse 13 where it's a call to holy living. And here's what he says. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is what? Holy. holy. For the Scriptures say, you must be holy because I am. And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as what? Temporary residence. I like here in the New Living Translation it says temporary residence is in quotes. Interesting. That is a message that I think I, I might have to, to go into next week. Verse 18, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Verse 18, For you know that God paid a ram- ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. Wow, that is, that's amazing to me. Watch this. The empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Listen, each and every person. There's nothing in your past that you need. There's nothing in your past that will benefit you. Once you become a believer in Jesus Christ, it says there, that was just an empty life. Now you get to walk in the fullness of God. Now you get to walk in His holiness. Verse 19. And why do we get to walk in His holiness? Because it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose Him as your ransom long before the world began, but now on the, these last days He has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God, because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him Great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as what as brothers and sisters love each other deeply with all your heart for you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. And as the scriptures say, listen, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached. Let go of the old, walk in the new. An interesting study that was done in 1993 by the United States military. They were curious about what traits get passed down from one generation to the next. We know that our physical traits do. But what about an emotional, mental, or spiritual characteristic? What about bad attitudes? What about addictions? Or what about good qualities such as integrity, compassion, godliness? Can they be passed down as well? the researchers extracted some white blood cells from a volunteer and they carefully placed them in a test tube. They then put a probe from a lie detector machine down in that test tube to measure the person's emotional responses. Next, they instructed the same volunteer to go a couple of doors down and watch some violent scenes from an old war movie on a television. When this man watched the scenes, even though the blood that was being tested was in another room, I find this interesting, when he got all up tight and tense, that lie detector test shot off the page. It was detecting his emotional response, even though the blood was no longer in his body. The experimenters did this with this person after person. And they came up with the same exact results. They concluded that the blood cells seem to remember where they came from. Now, if sickness and addictions and wrong mindsets can be passed down, how much more can God's blessings, His favor, good habits, be, down, be passed down through our blood as well? I love what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore... If any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on your past. It isn't a healthy place to be. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should what walk in the newness of life. And Ephesians 4.24 says, And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and in true holiness. As important as it may be to understand the generational curse, it is vital that we understand the generational blessings that each and every one of us can obtain. I know that much of the favor and blessings on my life did not come up or did not come to me by my own efforts. I did not accumulate all that I am currently enjoying on my own. It was because of my father and because of my mother that passed it down to me. They left me not just a physical inheritance, they imparted a spiritual inheritance to me as well. My desire this morning is to place my children far, far down the road. My desire this morning is that you would place your children far, far down the road. And I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about their attitudes, helping them along in work habits, in their character, and more importantly, and most importantly, their walk with God. We need to understand that generations are connected. You are sowing seeds, as the scripture says, to what? To future generations. Whether you realize it or not, everything you do counts. Every time you preserve, every time you are faithful, or every time you persevere, every time you serve others, you are making a difference. You're storing up equity in your generational account. And it's easy in life to think, well, I'm just a businessman or I'm just a housewife or I'm just a single mom raising my kids going to work. I'm not going to do anything great. Let's just be realistic about this. No, you've got to learn to think more generationally. The fact that you are a hard worker, faithful to your spouse and family, giving it your all. You are sowing seeds for those to come after you. You may not see it happen. Listen, you may not see it happen in your lifetime. You may be very well you may very well be sowing a seed for a child or for a grandchild to do something great. But don't get discouraged. It's your family legacy. It's not just your life. You are changing, you are literally changing your family tree. I love up the street here on five thirty two is Harmony Baptist Church. Pastor Christie has served the Lord for many years, a great man of God, very faithful, and I appreciate his consistency. But I love that his grandson Bobby has felt a calling in his life and that at this age and this time, sorry, Brother Christie, if you hear this, that at this age and at this time, as you start to think, who's going to take over the vision that God gave him? He started that church years ago in Akron. And then they moved here to the Talmadge area. But who's going to do that? And I know that, that even when he told me that Bobby was doing it, I loved just watching his face. Light up and beam up because you know what? The man has been faithful. Right there's a prime example that he turned his life around. God saved. There was a calling on his life. He heard from the voice of God and said, Yes, I too will do what I need to do about my DNA and my family from this generation to the third, to the fourth, and to the fifth. So let's not brag about our failures, let's focus on our achievements. Remind our DNA about the good things in your life. So remember, every lap we run is one less lap for those who come after us. Every day you stay faithful, every test that you pass or obstacle that you overcome, you are storing up equity and blessings for future generations. You're making it easier on your children and on your grandchildren. Your dreams may not come to pass exactly as you would hope, but the seeds you sow may be harvested By your sons and by your daughter. There always has to be a time of harvest. Our labor is not in vain. Unless the Lord builds the church, we labor in vain. But your labor is not in vain when you're walking in Christ. So let me ask you. Are you willing to pay the price so your children and their children As well as future generations can rise higher, accomplish more, do more, achieve great things. And if you're like me, nothing would make you happier than to see your children go further and achieve more than you thought possible for yourself, or see your grandchildren go further than you ever dreamed. Ryan is a manager and a supervisor. Of my company. And it's great to know that I have a soon to be son-in-law. Who's taken an interest. In such a white-collared. Just scholarly. Wonderful. Position. In janitorial and custodial work. But you know what my true dream is. For him. For my daughter. For my family. And for the generations to come. That what. My wife and I started years and years ago, 25 to be exact, will be the same automobile and vehicle that they'll be able to use to advance their family and advance the kingdom of God. People have asked me, they didn't know that, they said, why did you ever start janitorial custodial cleaning? I started it because I wanted to free up my time in ministry. And I was running a company in Boston Heights called Lucerne, that is no longer there, uh, they're now in Bolivar, Tennessee, they had a branch there and there, and I was assistant to the CEO, and I, I worked in the HR department, and helped the family run the company, and so I was flying back and forth, and I knew I would never get an opportunity to see my family, and one of the great things that my dad instilled inside me, and and I really do believe that this is DNA, not only from my father, uh, but from my grandfather, and, and I'm just looking at the line as far as men are concerned, uh, my mom was a housewife, took care of our Taught me some great qualities in regard to how to be a great father. But they worked very, very, very hard. And so God gave me the opportunity to start a cleaning company so that I was able to give back to Christ what he's given to us. And so by doing that, I was able to be a minister of music and youth pastor in New Testament. I think I was there 12 years. And so it gave us an opportunity to do things. And I'll tell you. Hey, when you're a youth pastor, for every youth pastor that might listen to this next week, if you're your church, that's fine. Just start a cleaning company. You have great laborers. That youth department of 100, they'll get things done because they love pizza and pop. So just remember that. They were always like, Pastor Todd, can we come over? We're like, sure, you can come over. I mean, I don't mind if you come over. They're like, no, we really want to come over. I mean, and uh, back then, you know, you're raising babies. Broke is a joke. I mean, when I said broke. We were going in the bedroom, and we were scrounging for change, weren't we? This for pizza to feed these kids, and they'll never know that, but if you're listening, you know it now. And, uh, but that, that was some great reward. But I said, well, if you come over, you have to go clean with us. Oh, we had a blast. But don't you tell my accounts that have been with us for years that we played hide-and-go-seek in their building. And it was fun. We, see, we just made cleaning a great spiritual activity. I mean, it was fun. That's what we did so here we are today being able to enjoy those benefits. And I hope that, you know, even with with my kids, that they too can experience not just the physical, but the spiritual part of our life. Balance it out. Man, I love serving God. Church, you're my passion. You're the very air I breathe. Man, I love going to God on your behalf. I love fighting for you. When I hear you're going through things, I love going to my prayer closet and praying for you. I may not have to pick up the phone and pray over you at that moment, but I want you to know, church, you've been prayed over. And you know that your pastor has prayed for you. And again, I want to thank all those that put all the little heads in this building. We have a packed house here today. Do not let our governor know that. But with all these heads, there's... Oh, there's a couple seats empty. And... uh, Just kidding. And... uh, But... I know you're here, and I know you're with us, and it's just great. I mean, it's, it's such an encouragement to, to see, really, all of you that have come out. Isn't it just great to be in the house of God? I mean, really. I just stand here and say, can this just last for about another hour? You may not want to hear me ta- talk for another hour, but it's, just, it's such a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Oftentimes, you may see further than you're going to go personally. God may put something bigger in you than you can accomplish on your own. Don't be surprised if your children or your grandchildren come along and finish what you started. I don't want to be surprised. Take the company. Man, hire 500 people. Go for it. Go for it. I heard somebody say, nothing truly great can ever be accomplished in just one lifetime. Isn't that true? At the time, I didn't understand that saying. Because obviously every generation could do something great. But I've learned, since that sometimes God's plans span more than one generation. And our goal should be, I'm going to leave my family with more integrity. Our goal should be, I'm going to leave my family with more integrity, more joy, more faith, more favor, and more victory. I'm going to leave my loved ones free from bondage and closer to God. Be positive. Maybe you weren't raised by parents who set you up for success by planting positive characteristics in your family line. Possibly you've inherited attitudes of defeat, mediocrity, addictions, and negativity. But thank God you can start a new family line. You can be the one to set a new standard. I love the work ethic that my father had that he instilled in me and the principles that he taught me. I love how hard he was on me at the age of 13, really at the age of 12, just getting into Cheparel Windows and Home Improvements. It taught me a lot how to use a tape measure, how does a window work, how does it go in. Todd, hold this. I'll never forget when he said, I need you to go to Youngstown and pick up a load of windows in this pickup truck. I said, What? Are you kidding me? And for those that have never experienced it before, when you get in that old, old truck, ready, and there's shifting on the column, you know. You're scared to death. So my dad said, son, let me, let me teach you. This is how it works. And I'm thinking, I am going to go. First of all, I didn't even know how to tie a slipknot. Much less, you want me to pick up how many windows? 30 windows and put them in the back of a truck loaded up? Do you know who I am? I am your son. I do not do things like this. He's, you've got this, Todd. You've got this. But again, and it was so, you, when you're a little boy... You know, you look at these trucks, you're like, I will learn how to drive standard. But, you know, my mom taught us, too, how to drive standard with a little Pinto orange station wagon. Man, don't you guys remember those days? <laughs> Woo! Bring, can you, can you guys just picture one day they're going to bring back our Pintos. And when they do, they're going to be nicer than those Volkswagens. I just know it. So I would get in that truck, and my stepmom, I hope she is watching today. Hazel, you're going to love this. Because it, it's really kind of comical, because when you got in that truck, you know, you had to call him up on the wheel. And when you pushed in that clutch, how many remember this? Ready? I'm like, what is this? So, you know, you pushed in the clutch. And my dad would always say, now, son, let out. Early. So, you know, you're you're in your truck. And the thing is actually... It's just crazy to me. What a memory. That's all I got to say. It's really making me go back here. So I'm in the truck, and then I push down that clutch, and then, you know, you're in first gear, and you're going down the road, and you let it out. And all of a sudden, the first time you learn, you're like this. <coughs> Something just happened. Make sure my, my mic didn't get messed up. But, like, you, and the next thing, you know, you're going down the road, and the thing's going like this. Oh, that's chaos to me. And now today you get in your car and you push it to start it. You push it to put it in park and reverse and neutral. I mean, what? before long we're going to say, Hello, is this Alexa? Could you please drive me to 226 Southeast Avenue? I'm going to study the Word while you take me to church. I mean, I don't know, but back to the truck. So we would get in that truck, and remember, it was first, second, and then third. Reverse was all the way down. So if you never got the experience of driving that truck, woo! it is memories. I, hey, My little brother right now is is working on the old truck that my dad had for years, but I think that was a Chevy as well. I I can't remember exactly. All I know is that I was scared to death. And so I get to that window shop, and as I was backing up, and they're loading up these windows, I thought, how am I going to get these things home? I mean, think about it. People paid big money for these windows. And now my dad is telling me, drive them from Youngstown, Ohio, clear back to Ravenna. And my first thought was, what is going to happen when I get on a hill with this clutch? Those windows are going to fall out. He's like, son, this is how you tie a slipknot. You know, now we have the ratchets. You know, you, you put them in, they're nice and tight. But no, back in the day, you had to load everything up. You had to work for a living. And so I got out there, and I've got to tell you guys, it's funny. I had to back that truck up and and I hit the dock. Oh I'll never forget that. I mean, because I mean, think about it. You put the thing in reverse and you back up, and bam! I hit I hit that dock. I'm like, what just happened? Thank God the windows weren't in there. That's all I had to say. I told my and there's a rubber bumper. I told my dad the story and he laughed. He goes, well, you got to learn, Todd. That's what life's about, you know. And so you learn great principles of life. And even though I went down a, a foxhole rabbit trail, I mean, that welcome to. To New Hope, Talmadge, and uh, but one thing that I, I can look back over life and think about generational blessings is that my dad taught me great work ethic that I've been able to continue just as much as my mom had taught me great spiritual truths from the Word of God, being faithful, taking us to church, and understanding the importance of His Word. And so I appreciate that from that level from my mom. So, you know, it was great for me to be able to look back over my life and see the great blessings from, from both sides. I mean, how many people get to have great step-parents? How many people get to have wonderful parents? And some people get to have one set. I was blessed with two. So, you know, as the Scripture says in James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Even though some of you were not raised with the parents... Who set you up? You can stop that. Remember, we don't have to go back. We're moving forward. But somebody has to be willing to pay the price. Somebody has to step up and clear the leftovers off the table. Negative things may have been in your bloodline, but they don't have to stay in your bloodline. All it takes is for one person to rise up and start making better choices. Every right choice you make begins to overturn the wrong choices of those who've gone on before you. Interesting, isn't it? Nobody else may have done so, but if you'll make positive changes one day, people in your family will look back and say it was because of this man. It was because of that woman. They were the turning point. We were defeated up till this point. We were defeated up till then. We were addicted up to that point. However, look what happened when they came along. Everything changed and we didn't have to stay down there. Woo! We came higher. Because that's Jesus. What's happened? The curse was broken. Do you hear me? The stronghold was broken. The curse was broken. And the blessings began. And that's what you can do for your family. I know I'm where I am today because somebody in my family line prayed. I know my mom prayed. I know my aunts prayed. I know my sweet Grandma Tackett. I mean, if, if you never knew Granny, clamp it then you never knew Grandma Tackett. They called her Granny, little round glasses, little regular Baptist, wore dresses all the time. And she would say things like, Toddy, I'm praying for you today because she loved me. That was that generational blessings that she spoke over me because she loved me. I know I am where today. Because somebody in my family line Prayed. Somebody took a stand for righteousness. Somebody stuck with his or her commitments. Somebody lived a life of integrity. My forefathers, most of whom I've never met, have sown seeds into my life. And church, can I just tell you this? Listen closely. My grandpa was, was not a good man and did a lot of bad things early in his life. But when he got into his late 50s, early 60s, he came to know Jesus as his Savior. I never knew who the old man was. I only knew the Jesus guy who loved the Lord, who would sit out in his car one hour before service started, blow that horn on my grandma so that we could get to church, go up that one-lane road, that hauler there in B-5, down in Kentucky, head over to the church house. Grandma would say, Honey, I don't know why Grandpa's out there But I'll tell you this, the service will go on till the afternoon. But you'll be rewarded with some food at the very end. You see, down in Kentucky, church didn't last an hour. Church didn't last two hours. Church didn't last three hours. Woo! When the Spirit moved, you knew that God was in the building for the next four and a half hours. And I'll never forget, as long as I live, this little old lady, she walked right down in front and said this to me. Honey, if you need to go outside and get some breath of fresh air, you're more than welcome to do that. And I thought to myself, breath of fresh air? This is better entertainment than Northeastern Ohio. I'm staying for the show. But they really preached the word and you could feel the Holy Spirit and God really blessed the messages that were there. Well, time really flies, but I'm going to share something with you. In First Samuel chapter 25, we won't go there for sake of time today. It's the story of David and Nabal. Nabal refused to acknowledge David's request and threw out insults to David's messengers and soldiers. Nabal, the the meaning of his name actually meant foolish. He was devoid of spiritual sensitivity or ethical standards. He was, as the Bible says, he was a drunkard. He was an alcoholic. But Abigail, his wife, ends up finding out that David and the soldiers were coming to take the life of Nabal. And so Abigail pacifies David by presenting him with food to save her husband's life. And as she bows down in verse 28, she promises that David will have an enduring sure house. I love. I love this scripture. Get the, if you get a chance, go to 1 Samuel chapter 25. I, I was reading all over Samuel, even this morning. I was, just, I was so hungry for that. But in verse 28, she promised that David will have an enduring sure house, meaning, I know God will bless you for generations and generations to come. She said, Make right choices so God will bless you for generations to come. Do right so that God will bless you for generations to come. Claim verse 28 of 1 Samuel chapter 25. Say, enough's enough. I'm new. I am changing who I am. Quit resigning to the old. Quit nurturing and pacifying the old. Walk in the newness of Christ. Be new. Ryan, as we were having the front porch talk, he said this to me, and I'll I'll say this in closing, but uh, he said some of the people that he associated with when he was in jail. He said "Have friend requested him, and he friend requested them. And the comment that was made to him when one reached out to him on Messenger said this, How is it you're doing so well? How is it that you've changed your life? Ready? That is not the norm. Let me get over here to my mic even though I have one on my lapel. Let me say this to the world. I'm glad walking in Christ is abnormal. So He takes the abnormal, the unnormal, and He makes them normal. See, you can't do it on your own. You have to walk in Christ. And a hundred years from now, your blood will still speak to future generations. In some way, either positively or negatively, your bloodline will affect others in your family line. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a great thought? What would your, let me ask you, what will your blood say? What will your blood speak? And how will it speak? Here's what I believe it it won't speak defeat, it will not speak mediocrity or unforgiveness, it will not speak even bitterness or the lack of. No, I believe your blood will speak determination, persistence, integrity, godliness, generosity, favor, faith, and more importantly, victory. More importantly, victory. Determine that you will pass down a godly heritage. Leave your family a legacy of good, great, and awesome things. You may have inherited negative input from the past, but thank God that today is a new day. Woo! Isn't that exciting? Draw a line in the sand. Draw a line in the sand and declare, I am done with the generational curse. As for me and my family, we're going to live under the generational blessing. Let me say this again. I am done. I am over it. It is out of here. I am done with the generational curse. But as for me and my family, we're going to live under the generational blessing. Hallelujah. So if you're listening today, and even if you're here today, say this with me. I am living under the generational blessing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Walk in the newness of life. Walk in Christ. And know there's freedom. There's victory. There's favor. There's generosity. There's integrity. There's determination. There's persistency. There is victory coming for you. Would you call on the name of Jesus today? As we stand with every head bowed and every eye closed, as the praise team comes and as we sing, exalted over all, I just want to ask you an important question. Have you been living in your past? Have you been living in your past? Let go of it. Let God get a hold of it. When you get to the end of yourself, you get to the beginning of God. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And if you don't, realize that, yes, I am a sinner. I know that Jesus died for me and that He shed His blood upon Calvary for me. Accept Him into your heart and into your life so that you too can practice Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You don't have to be conformed to this world, but be renewed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ Jesus. Would you come to Him today? Realize who you are in Him today. And for those listening, maybe you're in, a, in an area that's somewhat awkward. And if you feel like God is moving in your heart, would you let us know on Facebook? Contact me by messenger. Let me pray for you, pray over you. Let us know that you too, God is moving in your life. And, and if you're in your living room, how bizarre is that I have to say this, or wherever you're at, maybe you're in the car, pull the car over. As we sing this song, just have a moment of reflection in Christ, the victor, the way maker, the promise keeper of your life. And cry, cry out to him, call out to him today. For he is exalted over all. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you that, Lord, we can give our hearts, our lives, our mind to you. God, I just pray that today for those that are listening can start walking in the newness let go of the old quit nurturing it but god help us to walk in the newness of jesus oh god i accept the generational blessings of favor of victory god i pray for our church today that as you prick their heart let them understand that there's freedom for them as well that we can all walk in the newness of christ Bless your people. Oh God. For many that may not believe it. For many that may not say it. We are one nation. Under God. So I surrender to that. And God I give you. Our leaders. Locally. Internationally. Domestically. God be with them. Lead them. Guide them. They need your help. God, we need you in the church. So, Lord, we pray for that special anointing and favor as we serve you. Thank you, God, for calling me. Oh, a man of sinful ways. Thank you for calling me a man of iniquity and saving me from that place I used to be in. Thank you, God. Thank You for Your Son, Jesus, who died, who gives us life. Help us to live in it, bask in it, walk in it, talk in it, and run in it. In Jesus' name we pray.